We got any Newfoundlands, Newfoundlanders here tonight? No, I mean the dog. With the web feet. The lifesavers. We got any Newfoundland dogs? Yeah, they're so noble, they're so brave, they probably wouldn't even say if they were here. You want some sexy? You want to laugh? Licensed dog. Support Licensed to Talk sponsors. Goodspeed Beverage Center, 2202 Seneca Street. They got seltzers, heavy beers, light beers, whatever you need. You're going to need a six-pack? Get a 12-pack when you're shoveling at Goodspeed's Beverage Center. First in Buffalo, support the Buffalo Bills with a fireman owned and operated 391 Abbott Road. Custom t-shirts, custom hats. Get your custom gear at First in Buffalo. All your Bills gear, give those guys a call. Get in touch with them on Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. Mr. Submarine, 1977 South Park Avenue, serving South Buffalo since 1963. Lowest prices in town. Try the ham sub, tell them license and talk section. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. They're stocked, they're ready to rock. You could rent the whole bar out and it's distantly safe and all that stuff. So check them out. The Rocket, Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. Bob's Barbershop, 2098 Seneca Street. You got to call before you go, 716-207-9210. Talk Blue Jays, talk Olympics, baseball, talk license to talk at Bob's Barbershop. You got to see the action there on Seneca Street. Vinyl Vibes. Check out Vinyl Vibes on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, custom designs created by our own boy Quails at Vinyl Vibes. Charlie's Boatyard, 1111 Furman Boulevard, great fish fries, they're distancing, check out their specials, delicious drinks at Charlie's Boatyard, great sunset over there, Mikey. Dog Ears Bookstore, 688 Abbott Road, don't get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy, they got great local authors in there, support what those guys do over at Dog Ears Bookstore. All right, Marky, episode 57, we have an Olympic champion. You've seen her all over broadcasting, and of course, she's a Buffalo Bills fan. Summer Sanders, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm so good because the Bills dominated last weekend. I mean, wasn't that beautiful? It, it feels so good on a Tuesday in Buffalo because you're not you're, you're not feeling the after effects of Sunday. Tuesday's actually the really good day here in Buffalo. People got a yeah. pep in their step over here. Yeah. No, it was, and you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, I actually, to be really, really honest with you, I mean, I'm sure there's some Buffalo Bills fans that were like, yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to beat the Seahawks. Um, I really felt we could beat the Seahawks. Absolutely. But I didn't think that we were going to play as well as we did and, and really shut down their offense. And Um, it started on the opening kickoff too. It was like, oh, oh, wow, this could happen. I know we finally saw Andre bring that thing back. I really want, I do want to see him just run it all the way back from the end zone one time, please just once. Um, But yeah, no, it was, um, I always usually, I think probably like third quarter have that pit in my stomach of, Oh no, is this where it's going to end? Right. Is this where (laughs) we're going to fall apart? And I never, I just, I don't, I don't know who I attribute that to. I think it's, you know, partly from uh, Sean McDermott, but I, I do. I'm just such a believer in Josh Allen and as an athlete. So beyond just being a Bills fan as an athlete, there is 
there is this sense of playing for one another and playing for him. And when you have a leader like that, that is so humble and so giving of himself and, and also accepting of any mistakes that he made, he makes so quickly. It just, it adds to the chemistry of the team. And I'm seeing that and noticing it right now. And, and right now we have good mojo going with Josh Allen. His grandma passed away and we, I know. we've raised 200,000 since this morning. So if you, seriously, yes. I saw that it was 63,000, so now it's over 200,000. Yeah, and it's going to keep climbing. And you can do that at Oshai Children's, you, 70, $17. We've done it. We challenge you to do it summer. Oh, and, I'll do it right now. Well, uh, I'm not right now, so I'm on the phone <laughs> with you, but in two seconds I'll do it. Absolutely. Awesome. And tell the listeners how you become a Bills fan, because this is a pretty neat story. Yeah, you're like a unicorn, a winner and a Bills fan. Like our dads were like five star generals right now. They're like, we seen this kid. Just wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, so I met my husband, Eric Schlopey, who is from Hamburg, New York, on a blind date. Wow. Um, which doesn't really go with this story, but I just had to say that. So we met on a blind date. Um, and you know, fell in love and the rest is history. But I was at that time working for the NBA and I was a true, true Sacramento Kings fan. So similar heartache, not as long um, <laughs> and deep, but similar heartache. Um, so I recognized his love and passion for the Buffalo Bills. I grew up a Niners fan, but when I started working for the NBA and, and kind of went all in on the Sacramento Kings, I didn't spend as much time watching the NFL. So when we met, I said, absolutely, I'll take your Buffalo Bills. Will you take my Sacramento Kings? So it's <laughs> a good trade. So, you know, I mean, you've got to be real fans to cheer for these teams that I'm talking about. So um, as soon as I started cheering for the Bills, not only did I sadly recognize the heartache, um, I think one of my first games I attended in person was a Monday night Cowboys game. And I forget what year it was, but I'll just say it was special team. Yes, yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about. Yep. The special teams just crushed us. And I looked at Eric and I was like, you have been living this for decades. How does your heart handle this? And it was just it was such an appreciation for the fan base. Right. I, I love and have always loved fans, true fans that never give up. And those are Bills fans. And for me, that was also Sacramento Kings fans. Sacramento didn't have a professional team. It was the Sacramento Kings when they came in, 85, 86. So, um, so anyway, that's how come I'm such a passionate Bills fan. I don't just tiptoe into my fandom. I go all in. Oh, and yeah. nice. I, just, I, I just love the team. And, I, and not just the team. I love the fans. And I love the city. And, and I really obviously love my husband. So I love where he was born and raised. And your brother-in-law was like a, a, a cousin? A, what a cousin. A cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Our cousin, Todd Schlopey, was a kicker for the Bills. He kicked at Michigan. His roommate was actually Harbaugh. Um, and, yeah, he kicked at Michigan, and then he went on and kicked for the Buffalo Bills. And um, so, yes, we even have that connection. And then when I was at Stanford, we had two, uh, two of my classmates, Justin Armour and Tony Klein, that went and played for the Bills. Tight so, ends, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so right after college – I actually went to Buffalo for uh, it was a, a, an Olympic appearance of some kind, and hung out with them. So I had that connection with the Buffalo Bills as well. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it, this, yes. thing, this thing gets like deep rooted because not only did we lose the Super Bowl, me, Jim and I went to the same grammar school and they would dangle <laughs> a day off in front of our face too. So every time that the Super Bowl came around, we didn't get our day off either. And now I see like the cycle returning and like our my child is in the same school and they're like doing good. I'm like, I'm not going to do this to her. They're going to promise her this day off. <laughs> just tell the teachers, just tell like district wide, don't promise a day off and then we'll actually win. And yeah, then right, just right. surprise them with an email. We can do an email blast now. Back then, you have to remember, guys, we probably had it was phone tree, you know, quickly. Everybody call the people and tell them there's no school. Yeah. <laughs> we always ask out of towners this when, you know, in normal times when we're at the stadium and stuff. You ever see anyone go through a table summer? Live? No. Oh, no, thank because good, good. Because seriously, it, is it, it devastating? It, 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 it is as much as it's exhilarating. It's so dangerous, and I'm against it. But I seen a guy jump off a double decker bus onto a table, and it, it's it's not good. So that's good that you haven't seen this. It, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think I would be really scared. I yeah. mean, listen, I come from a family of daredevils. I mean, um. Eric is the guy who loved to go 70 miles per hour down a sheet of ice, you know, on a, on a hill so steep, you couldn't actually stand on the hill. You would slide down. So he, he, he has a fear factor that's way higher than mine, but uh, I even think that he would, he would find that to be, (laughs) to be a little suspect, but I do, I mean, beyond the breaking of the tables, um, you're just your dedication, the Bills fans dedication to the game and to the culture, right? Just mm-hmm. the the idea of community and coming together and this example of the amount of money that's been raised for Josh's grand in Josh's grandmother's honor is just another example of the family that is a Buffalo Bills fan base. Oh. So I'll leave the the breaking of tables to other people and I really <laughs> hope that they wrap themselves up in bubble wrap and Sherman and <laughs> and protect their necks. We just, yeah, I haven't, I've never seen it. We need to have a pro come here. We need a professional table breaker just so everybody gets it out of their system. <laughs> yeah, you could call your buddy Goldberg up. Maybe oh, yeah, we can, Goldberg. you know, raise some more money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what a, a professional table breaker. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. Yeah. X Games. I don't know. I don't know where we'd find one of those. WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. What am I thinking? Totally. So everyone knows you, Summer. From '92 Barcelona, two gold, one silver, one bronze. How I I know everyone asks you about being Olympian, what it felt like there, but how many years in the making was that? Well, I mean, I guess I could go back to I started swimming when I was four, um, but I would I would really be misleading a lot of parents right. if I said that's when I knew I was going to be an Olympian. I just really always drove the ship. I, I was in charge. I, I said I wanted to swim. I said I wanted to, to try out for the swim team. Um, I did it two years before they really wanted kids to try out. So um, I think my mom always saw that I had this incredible inner drive. Um, and then I, 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 that was summer rec swimming. And then I begged my mom to do year-round swimming. I mean, who begs their, their parents to swim every single day? looking at a, at a black line at the bottom of the pool. Um, but I really wanted to do it. And then I think I, I knew I could make the Olympic team. I knew I could have the dream of being an Olympian when I was 10. Um, I just, I knew I was, I was qualifying for things 
pretty quickly and I was ahead of a lot of the other kids in my age range. Um, but I knew I could make the Olympic team when I was 14, when I was 15, when, because I just missed the Olympic team by 27 one hundredths of a second wow. at the 88 Olympic trials. And that's when I knew, okay. And, and, and this is actually really important because I say this to kids and parents all the time that you have to understand that there is an incredible difference between the dream of being an Olympian and the goal of being an Olympian. There are a lot of people that have the dream of being an Olympian, just as there's a lot of people that have the dream of playing in the NBA and a lot of people that have the dream of playing in the NFL. Then there's the goal. And that goal is really when a, a person has a glimpse that, oh, wait, wait, I can actually do this. So then they start to put it on paper and they start to write it out and what they need to accomplish and what they need to do and how they how hard they need to work and how they have to show up every single day. You cannot take a day off. Um, That's a so, great point. That, that is you sum it up perfectly, Summer. Yeah, well, it is because, you know, I think a lot of people do. Have, and I appreciate it. I want everyone to have the dream of standing on top of the podium and your hand over your heart and watching your flag being raised and the anthem being played. I mean, people say, what's the what was that moment like and how did it affect you? And I always say, I never hear the national anthem the same way again. It, it does stick with you because you earned that moment. And that is where the dream begins, right? Watching oh, yeah. it on television and imagining your face in the place of your hero. Yeah. So, but really it comes down to a lot of hard work and recovering from a failure. And, and honestly, let's bring it back to the bills. I, I've said this since we drafted him. This is Josh Allen, right? You He's can a tell you can tell that somebody has the capability of being great in the way that they respond to their imperfect moments. And I've always said everything that was imperfect about Josh Allen when he came into the league was changeable and coachable. I just I'm not a football player. I love the game, but everything I saw him do, I said that can be changed. That's experience. If he gets coached really well and is taught what to do and has the mindset to be like and the humility, right, is humble enough to accept that he's not perfect and change it. And he totally does it. It's he's such a winner. It's awesome. Adapting and changing comes with great coaching, but that winning drive in that heart. And that's something that Bill's fans have been waiting for. Yeah. Under center. I mean, we haven't had it. We had a little bit with Flutie, but we haven't had it since Jimbo, you know. Yeah. And look at look at the size of this guy. Right. <laughs> um, so so like it's not only this incredible mindset and this like gift and this ability to throw the ball. Um, so those two things, he, he's gotten so much more comfortable in the pocket. Right. I just love how he'll just sit there for a second and calm himself down and find his receiver. And we've given him receivers and these receivers want to play for him and want to play in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. um, those two factors make for a great team. And um, so I'm thrilled with just like everything that's been put together. I mean, Feliciano coming back in and then all of a sudden being like, OK, I'll play center. Like, mm -hmm. where do you need me, coach? Yeah. Like, everybody's just willing to be a part of this team and make adjustments. You talk about wide receivers. You started working with a Buffalo wide receiver, Ahmad Rashad, the inside stuff, which is a big part of my childhood for NBA highlights and stuff like that. You did a great job on that show. Talk about working with Ahmad Rashad all those years. Yeah, well, I was a huge Inside Stuff fan before I became yeah. the host. I, yeah, I, I mean, because I was a, a basketball fan. That was my thing. I, um, 
obviously I said I, I cheered for the Kings, but I, you know, my favorite player and my hero was Michael Jordan. I mean, I'd watch his games and he would fire me up so much and I'd go and have my swim practice and I would just, I don't, it just was a motivator to me. So, um, so yes, I watched inside stuff because I loved Michael Jordan. Um, and then obviously Michael Jordan and Ahmad were, were pals, but yeah, just ask him, just ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You don't even have to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because you would back then, it would be Costas on the call, a little pregame, and it, they would always go to Ahmad Rashad, and he'd say, I was talking to Michael Jordan today, and it was yeah. great. It was like, so they really were big friends after you've seen the documentary and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really tight. In fact, I'd be in I'd be in my dressing room uh, in the morning waiting for, you know, just waiting for the show to start, and I'd be on my computer, and I'd just feel this somebody in the doorway, <laughs> which my dressing room was not very big, so it was like, the doorway was right there and I'd feel this presence and I'd turn and it'd be Jordan. And, you know, I mean, it, it was never lost on me. I, it would freak me out for a second. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, you scared me to death. And he'd be in some crazy golf outfit. So yes, they were pals. They were buddies. They played golf a ton. I do feel like Ahmad was a bit of a mentor to him. I do. Um, you know, it was it, it seemed as though it was a nice relationship where uh, it wasn't just a mod wanting things from from Jordan. It was, you know, Jordan really appreciated that friendship and that mentorship in a way. And he was all uh, Rashad was always on the sideline during those 90 runs. He, oh, he was totally. a side. Yeah. So it, it was like when you watched inside stuff, you're like, well, he was a bill. You know, it was only one year, but still, he's one of us. So it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is funny, right? I mean, there is that, uh, I mean, he went to University of Oregon, uh, Bobby Moore back then, and uh, and then I went to Stanford, so he and I have this little rivalry with Stanford, Oregon, although, you know, Oregon just beat Stanford this past weekend, but I don't I don't even know what to make of this college football season, so that's another story altogether. Yeah. Um, but yes, my, my I'm, oh, I always say this wherever I go, I, it's one degree of separation from Western New York. Um, I was doing an event a few years ago for the NFL, and that's when I realized Roger Goodell is Western New York. I mean, there's just there's so many people who have such fond memories of Western New York, Buffalo specific, or its outlying area. Do you know how you pick a, a when you're out of town and you're at a an establishment or a bar? You know how you pick out the Western New Yorker? How he's got his money on the bar. We leave our money on. I swear to God, I've been in towns. I've been in town summer, and they were like, "Are you from Buffalo?" And be like, "Yeah, why? Who are you?" And be like, "Oh no, you guys all leave your money on the bar," and that's true. (laughs) Ask your husband. That's interesting. All right, I'll have to ask Eric. I mean, he was pretty young when he because he he grew up in Hamburg. He was there until he was twelve, and then they moved to Stowe, Vermont, because then he went to a ski uh, high school, ski academy. but I mean, so he wasn't, he wasn't that kid that was hanging out at bars at 12, but, <laughs> but his parents, his parents certainly, they knew how to party and have fun. Anybody who's listening to this, who knows the Shlopey family will say, oh yeah, Marnie and Kent, they know how to have fun. Wow. That's great. Well, you talked about MJ. I, MJ's the greatest to me and I get in arguments. I think it's Kobe, then LeBron. I'm sick of this, the, the goat. I just have a top three. And that's my top three, you know? Well, I mean, the the game has changed so much, right? Whether it's the level of play, whether it's the competition itself. um, But you can't forget about all the people that came before. I mean, 
Bill Russell, to me, when I learned, when I was working for the NBA, and you always heard about the player coach, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, I thought, oh, well, that's somebody who was a player and is now a coach. But when I realized that Bill Russell actually played and coached and won a championship, like yeah. was on the floor and coaching the team, I, I, I just, there are levels of play and people who change the game. And so I think it's, my point is, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time in my book, mm -hmm. but I totally respect other people from different generations who think that their player is the greatest player of all time, because I do think there are factors and it's the way the game was changed because of that individual. And I would say that Bill Russell changed the game. Um, I mean, Oscar Robertson, I mean, uh, like there's, it could go, you could go on and on Dr. J and, so, uh, but for me, absolutely Michael Jordan, but that's for many other reasons. He changed my life. He motivated me. He, um, I think absolutely changed the game. He had just a killer winner instinct. And I, I feel like he made, even, even though the documentary indicated that he was hard on his teammates, good. Yeah. Like push them to be better and hold them accountable. I mean, I think that was great. And it, and it certainly meshed well with, um, and I got him to Phil Jackson because Phil Jackson was such a Zen guy and sort of like calming that Michael Jordan fired people up. Inside stuff really helped me uh, respect Jordan because you guys did those those pieces to get to know the player and things like that. And I think there was so much for Jordan that I sponged it up from the inside stuff that I, I just knew everything. When that documentary came out, I kind of knew everything because of what you guys did. Yeah. Well, and how about this? Remember this. It was only positive stuff, right? Too, like it was just positive television because we were in the kids' morning television block, so we had it had to be somewhat educational, right? And right. so anything we did was it was just an advertisement for the NBA, which was not hard to do. And I've said that forever in pro sports: if we could just only highlight the positive that all these amazing football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. Um, soccer players, women's soccer players, men's soccer players, what they are doing, you'd run out of, you, you, you would never run out of stories. Um, and that's what inside stuff did. We only focused, focused on the positive and the interesting and the funny. Um, and so it was not hard television to work for. It was, I felt very honored to be a part of that. Yeah. And media has changed so much now. Yeah. You have to be like yeah. everything at once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, it was fun because we were sort of telling a story, but I also could show my true colors in being a Sacramento Kings fan. Um, I do a show now for CBS Sports called uh, We Need to Talk. It's a, a fantastic show with a horrible name, but um, <laughs> I get to talk about how I'm a Bills fan. It's I've awesome. seen it. It's great. Because, you're, you're doing a great yeah. job. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Well, yeah. So I get everybody knows I'm a Bills fan and it's a bummer right now because we can't go to New York and shoot it in studio. So it's all vir virtual, which is a, li a little more difficult because, you know, Zoom, you feel like you're talking on top of one an another if you try to have, you know, quick, spontaneous conversation, um, which is usually when I get my awesome Bill nug Bills nuggets in there. And uh you know, whatever. This is the season to talk about the Buffalo Bills. It's all, yeah. You have every right to do that, and you keep it. All <laughs> Thank <right>. you. <laughs> Appreciate that. But you, the inside stuff. A lot of trash talking. I learned how Reggie Miller was, and Reggie was the best. I think. 
And lately, if you look at your sport in the pool, there's a little trash talking going on in that sport lately. Have you noticed that? Well, I mean, honestly, I think it's great because uh, <laughs> I, first of all, I love a little trash talk. And then I love when somebody does it like a Lily King and then she goes and wins the gold medal. I mean, that's like, and then I know you know this, but Reggie Miller totally recognized and appreciated from a fellow tr- trash talker and got a hold of Lily King and they are now friends. Really? The fact that Lily is from Indiana. So she is born and bred. She knows basketball. She loves Reggie Miller. And now they're, they're tight. Um, That's yes, awesome. You are correct. In fact, so I worked with Reggie Miller. He's like my brother. It's awesome. We worked on the WNBA together and he taught me a trick that he always does. And I'm sure that everyone knows this, but maybe people don't. And I found it so interesting. So Obviously, you know, he was a three point machine, mm-hmm. um, but what he was what he would do, he taught himself to shoot his three pointer and, and his shooting hand would slap his other hand. So it would always make it sound like he was oh, fouled. Yep. Oh, yeah. do you know this? I, I've heard yeah. that. Yes. We were in a Catholic school basketball league. <laughs> yeah, we had to do that okay. kind of thing, too. Yeah, so you're trying to implement that. But yeah, I was like, Reggie Miller, that is hilarious. So. Yeah, I do love that swimming has a little more, we're a little less, um, I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, playing by the rules and perfect. I love the fact that there are people who are calling out others who have tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs and have been let back into the sport. I have zero patience for cheaters. And just a general reminder to the youth of the world, there is no gray area when it comes to performance enhancing drugs, you just don't take them. So there is no, I'll just take a little right? <laughs> right. Yeah. and then, you know, or I'll take some and then I'll back off when I have, when I have to get drug tested, you don't take them. And trust me, when you are a clean athlete, you can still win gold medals. Absolutely. It can happen. So, uh, and that was my case, right? I did not take anything. I never even saw a performance enhancing drug. It never even dawned on me to consider to do anything except for work hard. So for me, it is an incredible relief to see somebody actually speaking their mind and telling, you know, the truth um, and questioning because it does hold people accountable. So I appreciate trash talkers in our sport. You, I'll never forget 92. You were you worked hard and when they when the Charlie Joyner, I believe, on the call and, and Dr. Bob in the stands, your father, I mean, it was America was rooting for you summer. And Oh, you're so sweet. When 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 you won that uh the the uh, girl from China you beat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was you can hear in the video I I watched it last night the scream when you win do you, mm-hmm. do you, and what did that scream feel like because that's that's well, a lot of hard work yeah and to, and believe me so just to set the stage for people who don't remember it was my last race of those olympic games so um i'd had four individual attempts and a relay i had won the gold medal in the relay but i had yet to win my individual gold medal and there's quite a bit of pressure on me and america wanted me to win every race i was in Um, so I was beat by a few people that I wish I had the guts to question at the time, but I didn't because I was a 19 year old kid. 
So I walk up to my final race standing on the blocks, knowing that I have to give it absolutely everything that I have and rise above. And when I touched that wall and I saw the one next to my name, um, that scream was 100% relief. That's the first feeling I had was, thank God. And then it was just pure joy. It was, you know, full dream uh, come to realization. It was, it was, you know, the Olympic golden moment. And you're right. It was Charlie Jones who mm -hmm. made the call. And he told me later he had been waiting and waiting and sitting on the edge of his seat to say it is finally the summer games. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 We just listened to it before we, we started. And uh, we have to admit something. Sports Illustrated for kids. <laughs> we had the summer Sanders poster on our wall me and my <laughs> I, i'm i'm not gonna lie the, the grammar school we went to they would give you the 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 next issue for free and you were always in that magazine too a lot of great stories in that magazine and you yeah there were weren't there the, you really adapted well to you start popping up as you're still competing but now you're a sideline reporter and mm -hmm. you're you're doing everything from basketball to tennis and just an amazing job how you're still competing and doing a new job. It just came so natural to you, I think, because you were a, a great athlete and a competitor. So now you're going to tackle this. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. I, um, I always wanted to work in television, even before I was, you know, wanted to be in the Olympics. I, my, my best girlfriend and I would, would, we didn't have video cameras back then, so we would tape record ourselves um, doing sketches from our like our favorite sitcoms. Um, so I knew I wanted to work in television. I just didn't know what capacity. And um, I think that that's important to tell that part of the story because I do believe that there are a lot of athletes that think, oh, I can just easily make that transition. Everybody else, it, lots of other athletes have done it. And yes, they have. But in my scenario, I specifically wanted to host shows. I wanted to work on camera. Um, I loved that environment. And for me, I quickly realized, oh, my God, this is the closest I can get to live competition. It's that adrenaline rush. You put everything on the line. It, like your product is there. You do it. It's finished. Um, it's exciting and all that. Um, and I had so I just had this pure curiosity and a kind of a joy for the spontaneity. And that's where, when I did the Nickelodeon show, Figure It Out, Oh yeah, that's yeah. where, like, hardly any of that was scripted. Um, so, so much of that was just me and Lori Beth and, and Danny Tamborelli and, and just having this back and forth. Did you have Keenan um, Thompson as well? Was he Keenan Keenan oh. and Caliber on there. Yeah, you have like, Keenan Thompson still and Amanda doing it Bynes. now. Yeah, I know, isn't he? I mean, he's amazing. I just watched SNL. With Dave Chappelle this past weekend, and um, Keenan just all he does is he shows up on my screen and I start laughing. Yeah, he's because he's a good guy too. He was always just such a good guy, so natural and relaxed and patient. I mean, to be on Figure It Out and to get slimed over and over again, <laughs> and then have to, and then have to go through hair and makeup again and get ready for the next show. I mean, we taped four shows a day, you know. Wow. I know. So that's, you know, eight contestants, eight opportunities for sliming. That's a lot of slime. I'd like to see. Uh, I have a one year old. Mark has a young daughter. And I'd like to see more of those shows come back. They, they, they were they were fun. And mass singer. Now, that's, that's it's, the one. Yeah. Is that what yeah. the new is? The mass singer kind of, you know? Yeah. Here's the deal. You're right. We need it for adults. 
And I said this during, um, during figure it out when I was consistently announcing the grand prize as a trip to smugglers notch, <laughs> I was, I just, every time I said that, cause I'm not from Vermont, I'd be like, I feel like we're talking about a late night show here. <laughs> and so I was, I said that over and over again, like there needs to be a late night figure it out. Um, because there are people with random awesome talents and yeah. people love the mess now and it doesn't it is not reserved for kids in fact we all adults just want to get a little bit messy and find our creativity and get involved in a fun super spontaneous uh game show so i've said it over and over again god it should be a, a an, an adult like late night show where it's just anything anything can happen well speaking of game shows you ended up on one do we want to talk about I did. <laughs> I did. Are you talking about uh, Guy versus Rachel, Celebrity Cook-Off? No. Or are you talking about the Celebrity Apprentice? <laughs> how, how the hell do they talk you into that? Well, um, I mean, it's good to get you out there. Don't get me wrong. It, it... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this was 2010. So we taped it in 2009. Do you remember what the world was like in 2009? Oh. You know, I bet you I mean, it was better. <laughs> yeah, well, 2008 was like, like we thought the world was imploding, right? Everybody, the housing market was just oh, yeah. so nothing was for sure. And, um, and for me, I was I'm so closely tied to my charity, uh, Right to Play, and and I uh, I thought, okay, if I can just stay true to who I am, and really play this game with integrity. I think I can do this. Now, for anybody who wants to go on a reality show, just a reminder that you are fitting the role of a character that they want on the show. So as much as you can play the game however you want to or, or present yourself in a certain way, they can manipulate it to make it look however they want to. So that's that's something I, I quickly learned on the show. Mm-hmm. But it was re- like I stayed true to who I was. So I do feel like it was difficult for them to make me seem anything but just honest and trying to work hard. Um, and, and the other funny thing is that I realized they told me leading up to it, they're like, athletes don't do well on this show. And I thought, well, that's a bunch of BS. Right. Come on now. But, but really, they don't. They don't. And you know why? Because similar to what I was talking about with Josh Allen, how quick are all these awesome Bills athletes, right? When when, when the game goes bad, every single Bills player is going to be like, that's on me. I That is mm-hmm. on me. And so that's our natural reaction when something doesn't go well. And when I was project manager, he wanted me to blame somebody else. That I'm sorry. Like, I just, I don't do that. So... Um, my natural reaction was to take the blame and that's going to get you fired. Team player. So, yeah. You were, yeah, te- you're, because, you're, yeah. But you also you're like, Hey, wait, wait a second. You want to hire the person that's going to be able to take the blame, make themselves better, move on and, and then, you know, do it better the next time. But I, it was a reality show. It's not real life. Right? No. It, so, and then you were in yeah. that uncomfortable moment with Cindy Lauper. I mean, they cut, they cut to your face. I, I'm sure it was edited, but they kind of did it perfect where you're just like, are you kidding me? That this is going on right now. I know she was the perfect amount of crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I loved every, I love every part of her crazy. Seriously. She is the, the most creative, talented mind. Um, and I talked to her after the show and she's just like, 
I think she loves me. I think she likes me. I don't know if she loves me, but um, you know, she was like, "You're a little boring." Like it was a little bit of boring. So we had, so we had to make it spicier. <laughs> and uh, and you know, as an athlete, you're just not used to being outrageous. Your outrageousness is on the field, in the pool, whatever. You know, that's where you go and do your stuff. Maybe that's why now, going back to the trash talking, I do kind of like the. Um, the little bit of of the crazy out there, the trash talking and all that. <laughs> yeah, right. We would like we we would like to see Summer Sanders become the Bills sideline reporter when you guys when we play out west. I think it would be great. There's so many homers. It would be great to see you on the sidelines working for. Well, you got a relationship with CBS. That'd be great, Summer. Listen, I'm in. Whatever you need me to. I, I, and here's the deal. I want to come back to Buffalo. I mean, we had it planned. There are many games now that are closer to us, right? Like Vegas. We're a six-hour drive from Park City um, to to Las Vegas. So that was on our list for this year. But once the corona is gone and we can get out to Buffalo again, like our whole family cannot wait to get out there and wave that Buffalo Bills fan a well, flag and circle the wagons with you guys. Well, summer from... The pool to circle in the wagons. Summer Sanders, you are now licensed to talk. Thank you and go Bills. Thanks, you guys, so much. Have a great day.